0: comment and share.
1: still does. That's close enough, Inspector. We're not wired. I'm sorry, but a man in my position survives by taking every precaution. You have information for us? No, you already have the information. All the names and dates are inside your head. What you want, what you really need, is a story story can be true or false. I leave such judgments to you, Inspector. Our story begins, as these stories often do, with a young up-and-coming politician. He's a deeply religious man and a member of the Conservative Party. He's completely single-minded and has no regard for the political process. The more power he attains, the more obvious his zealotry, and the more aggressive his supporters become. Eventually, his party launches a special project in the name of national security. At first, it's believed to be a search for biological weapons, and it's pursued without regard to its cost. However, the true goal of this project is power, complete and total hegemonic domination. The project, however, ends violently. But the efforts of those involved are not in vain, for a new ability to wage war is born from the blood of one of the victims. Imagine a virus, the most terrifying virus you can, and then imagine that you and you alone have the cure. But if your ultimate goal is power, how best to use such a weapon? It's at this point in our story that along comes a spider. He is a man seemingly without a conscience for whom the ends always justify the means, and it is he who suggests that their target should not be an enemy of the country, but rather the country itself. Three targets are chosen to maximize the effect of the attack. A school, a tube station, and a water treatment plant. Several hundred die within the first few weeks.
2: That three waters has, in fact, been contaminated.
1: Authorities are attempting to control its deadly spread. Sends a wave of destruction throughout the underground. Fueled by the media, fear and panic spread quickly, fracturing and dividing the country until at last the true goal comes into view. Before the St. Mary's crisis, no one would have predicted the results of the election that year, no one. And then, not long after the election, lo and behold, a miracle. Some believed it was the work of God himself, but it was a pharmaceutical company controlled by certain party members that made them all obscenely rich. A year later, several extremists are tried, found guilty, and executed while a memorial is built to canonize their victims. But the end result, the true genius of the plan, was the fear. fear became the ultimate tool of this government, and through it, our politician was ultimately appointed to the newly created position of High Chancellor. The rest, as they say, is history. Can you prove any of this? Why do you think I'm still alive? Right. We'd like to take you into protective custody, Mr. Rookwood. Oh, I'm sure you would. But if you want that recording, you'll do what I tell you to do. You put Creedy under 24-hour surveillance. When I feel safe that he can't pick his nose without you knowing. I'll contact you again. Till then, cheerio. Rookwood. Why didn't you come forward before? What were you waiting for? Well, for you, Inspector, I needed you. Boom. What
0: an opening. Folks, it's it's Friday. It's V for Vellas. And I'm V, the Gorilla Economist, and we are live. Vellas, CJ, what's going on, gentlemen? That was a, an incredible, powerful intro from one of my favorite all-time movies, V for Vendetta. And since today is... The fifth of November. I figured it'd be no better way than to kick off with that because it's so poignant and prophetic in the terms of the times that we live in, gentlemen.
3: I couldn't have said it better. Uh, indeed, uh, that that movie, that clip, that reference to today's date, all rolled all rolled into one. And we've said on this show a number of times. In fact, I'm quite serious to all of you in the audience. I've I've got some notes written up where where I'm literally toying with the idea of a show that is is nothing but like various movie clips all rolled rolled into one because it's yeah. it's amazing how many times the media uh, to go on a narrative we talked about before it's amazing how many times the media or the movie industry or television flat out tells us in advance what the heck is going to happen yep exactly right man
0: being that we remember remember the 5th of November the gunpowder treason and plot I have no no reason that we should ever forget
3: the plot. I, now I'm just totally forgot the plot. Anyway, Valus, where do you want to start, bro? <laughs> uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll us through a whole bunch of stuff. And for for many of you in our audience, uh, uh, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Glad to have you all back and glad to be back. Um, I've been blowing up uh, Discord, folks. So I know I say this frequently on the show, but I just some of you may be new uh, and and or new to Discord. Uh, absolutely blowing up stuff on, on Discord, so please go check that out because there's a lot of stuff on each, each week's show that I have to keep cutting out of um, my program because I just don't have the time to get to it. Yeah. Um, happy Diwali uh, to all of you celebrating the Festival of Lights here and around the world. Well, thank um, you, my friend. Yes. Uh, and uh, for for any of you who remember my my show I did a few weeks ago where I talked about changing the mental narrative, getting getting your mind straight about what you're doing and the reference to the TV program where all the machines went insane when they submitted the concept of what if into their programming or Bannister breaking the four-minute mile. Uh, I know that uh, V and CJ brought this up on an earlier show this week, but Ed Durr, lifetime truck driver, spent 153 bucks of the money the Republican Party gave him and uh, yeah, I know the New Jersey current state senator is fighting it uh, and doesn't want to step down. But the mere fact that a guy out of nowhere with a couple of hundred bucks to file for the registration to be a candidate uh, unseated a, a long-term uh, political hack in New Jersey is, is just fantastic. It's a thing in beauty. It is a thing of beauty. Uh, on the 29th of October, um, I updated – I've spoken on the show several times about various countries that have had rather, to put it mildly, suspicious political overthrows. Um, I added Sudan to that list on the 29th and and provided – or re-provided detail on, uh, you know, Bolivia and lithium and Peru and Chile and what happened there. Uh, I was also amused this week that in oilprice.com's uh, website – uh, one of their top stories this week was major oil companies continue to focus on West Africa for future resources. And, of course, who's in West Africa? Uh, you bet, the Sudan. Yep. Uh, speaking of commodities and shortages, the state of Montana has run out of metal to make license plates. Uh, that from our friend Lado, uh, the attorney who's got the show on YouTube where he, he talks about various little vignettes of what's going on in, in the world of the law. Um, great, great guy. Uh, he's one of those attorneys. I know I've said this on prior shows. He's one of those lawyers who's really good, cuts through the BS and just flat out tells you, do you have a case or not? Or even if you have a case, you may not want to take that to court. But it's everything from getting your assets back to law from law enforcement to a host of other things. Uh, he's, he's got a great show out there and it's it's worth checking out. Um. Also, and rather uh, prophetically, uh, to the concept of the high chancellor out of the video clip that uh, V the Gorilla used on the front end of the show here. Um, I know of three federal agencies right now that are doing the following and it's growing. Uh, they're hiring what are being called resilience officers. Uh, I had a friend of mine working for uh, one agency in particular that gave me the heads up on this, and I, I reached out to some other colleagues who were like, yeah, we're, we're hiring those too. Um, And it's a leadership role, which I find funny because in government to to get somebody hired is is unbelievably lengthy and and bureaucratic. But to create an entirely new role is is like black magic in the middle of the night. Hmm. So what are these folks areas of responsibility? I'm not making this up Uh, to sustain uh, vaccinations and make sure all the workers continue to comply on their boosters and managing various social engineering goals and workplace equality goals. Okay, Velas,
0: you said they're called resilience officers? Yes. Do you remember the name of the concentration camp they're building in Australia? What was the name of that?
3: Was it resilience?
0: Yes, National Resilience Center.
3: Ooh, it's It's the- chilly.
0: Yeah, got the, yeah, as, chills going up my spines.
3: Well, and as an old cold warrior myself, after having my and my relatives fighting the Soviet Union for over 100 years, uh, this feels violently like what was known as political officers in the former Soviet Union. They used to have what were called political officers on board. Any of you who saw the movie Hunt for Red October, there was a political officer on board every major warship, there were political officers, uh, embedded with the military, there were political officers. Uh, embedded at universities. And it was to make sure that you stayed within adherence to what the party uh, wanted. Um, Voting fraud is getting a bit sloppy. There's many examples of this. Uh, Racine, Wisconsin has discovered that 23,000 voters uh, all have the same phone number. And 8,000 who are registered voters uh, registered to vote on January 1st of 1918 which assuming a voting age of 21 in 1918, that would make these folks 125 years old. I'm very interested to know what their secret to their long life is. Brandy. <laughs> <laughs> N- knowing Wisconsin? Yes. Um, and before I, I uh, discuss the following topic, which I know V was covering this yesterday, uh, remember this is all perfectly normal. Uh, the shots are free. I would like to repeat, the shots are all free. Uh <clears throat> Pfizer has now revised their earnings guidance from 2021 uh, up again. Uh, they just can't seem to keep track of all the money that's pouring in. They're now saying that their guidance by end of year should be between 81 to 82 billion. Uh, a few months ago, they were pretty sure by end of year, they were going to hit 75 to 78 billion. So they've they've had to adjust their guidance again. Uh, what was Pfizer's revenue in 2020? Around 40 billion. So that would be double. I'm not very good at math. What, but what was the
0: revenue in 2019?
3: Not sure. <laughs> I got to look that up. But go ahead, Dallas. Sure. Um, Moderna, and this is crazy. Uh, I did, you know, to quote from Johnny Carson, I did not know that. Um, until the COOF shot, Moderna never released an approved drug until now. Correct. So, so in 2020, their revenue was about $60 million on just the shot for the COOF. Their current guidance, which, shocking, is also continuing to go upward. Their current guidance is, before this year is out, they should be about 20000000000 billion.
0: Isn't that amazing? You're, you're a drug company. All you've done it was sell white paper and vaporware. That's all you've done. So you sell white paper and vaporware. Uh, you sat around for a couple of years. This whole scandemic comes along so wonderfully. And now you're worth twenty billion dollars. It's great. It's wonderful. What a country we live in. Go ahead, Velas.
3: Well, and and again, that's sixty million to twenty billion in one year. I mean, any of the organizations where I've worked supporting sales organizations or new product deployments, um, what do you call it? Uh, first of all, there would be a lot of questions from uh, a number of government agencies about how did that happen. Um. And I know that just as in the auto industry, uh, that when you look at the auto industry, look at what they were willing to do to hide the fact the Ford Pinto was exploding if its rear end got hit in an accident. Oh yeah. So so how far are companies willing to go where their current revenue figures are a hundred billion in additional revenue over prior years? Um, here's an interesting one, and we've been talking about infrastructure. You know, I don't want to get on one of these shows and. Uh, be racing, racing onto the, onto the program to say, Hey, just reminding you, we talked about this. Um, But again, I want to go here. Um, I posted an article on the 29th of October on the, on the hashtag Vellis on discord. Uh, Explosives were found on barge traffic carrying fuel on the Ohio river. Now these were coal barges that shouldn't be taken lightly, but these rather than fuel, but they just as easily could have been carrying, carrying refined fuels and that's river traffic. And remember, river traffic is way more important, especially, I would say, from the Mississippi going east. Uh, river traffic is quite critical. Uh, NASA, in fact, when they move components uh, to build rockets and things, you know, some of that stuff's built in Mississippi. Some of it's built in Atlanta. Uh, they use barges and things to move those components down to Florida before they're, they're assembled. There's a whole bunch of stuff that moves uh, by river. So that was just one episode of explosives having been found. So we'll have to see where that takes us, especially given the rumors out there now also um, that uh, supposedly a hacker collective is trying to find ways to take down the power grid on the East Coast. And I know we've discussed that ad nauseum. But, you know, when I don't want to go there, but like when we do lose one of the grids, uh, don't anybody ever say that we haven't been repeatedly talking about that here on the show? a mental exercise for all of us. Uh, and it's it was mentioned a couple of times by by CJ, in fact, on a show earlier this week about all of us that are kind of like-minded, not getting into arguments with each other that just aren't worth having. Um, this was also on the, the show with Gus on Wednesday. And what I'm talking about is the whole Donald thing, Donald Trump. Um, I know there's a number of us here on Rogue who've been Vocal about our thoughts on him and that topic, and especially his potentially running office ag- again. Let's not get caught up on that. Uh, I recently drove through a couple U.S. states uh, last week, and I saw Trump signs everywhere, especially in uh, farm fields. Yep. But none of these have dates. You know, it's it's not a sign left over from the last election, or it doesn't say Trump in 2024. And I had an epiphany because as I'm sitting there behind the wheel, I thought, you know what this is. This is like the bumper stickers that were popular, that started being popular again, which keep popping up periodically when when President Obama was in office, where people had bumper stickers saying, Who is John Galt from Ayn Rand's Atlas Shrugged? Now, for many folks, I know they're kind of fixated or supporting the idea of him running for office again. I'll leave that where it is. But the bigger picture to me is, is his name has become symbolic. I realize we're a movement looking for an identity and a leader, and that's kind of problematic. But given my background and especially the military science stuff, I would tell you fluid and disorganized is better than us following any single leader. Things get dangerous if we start following one person. And again, to Carlos's point, on many a show, work local at all levels of local before we start worrying about necessarily what's going on in Washington. But given a number of people who were elected this week on the 2nd, um, I wouldn't exactly describe those po- folks. I mean, some of them are, but, but many of those folks are not typical political candidates. Please see, uh, Ed up there in New Jersey. Yeah. Um, I, I, think it's hilarious of a guy getting out of a Peterbilt going, yeah, I think I'm a run for office. Yeah. Um, but the other thing too, about all of this is, is this viral concept thing. And that's why the left has gotten so mad about the let's go Brandon. I mean, that was completely out of the blue. You know, the, the racetrack where that took place, uh, the driver, Brandon, is standing there. The reporter has this, this deafening chanting behind her of, you know, F yeah. Joe Biden. And she tries to spin it just, you know, to get through the day. But why did that take off? And I, it's, it's a, a trick question to all of you in our audience. Why did that take off? And for me, it's because there's a growing consciousness of our situation has grown to that point, both both here in North America as well as globally. These viral ideas have escaped out of Pandora's box. Mm. And the other side is very hard-pressed to contain it. I posted on the 1st of November an article about, about why the globalists are so mad. Because um, it means that we, and if you're listening to our show, any of them, you're part of the we, we are achieving self-awareness about our situation on a lot of levels. I mean, let's be candid. There's a lot of folks that were like, "Hey, this thing about the shot, I don't know, I feel uncomfortable." Uh for other people it was, uh, "Man, there's some serious government overreach." For other people it was, "I got a lot of folks from out of town that are wandering around my my streets that didn't used to be here." Where, you know, and now everybody's like, "You know what? I think we're all kind of on the same side." There's a central problem here, uh and the thing for the left, right? And again, saying the left is not really accurate. It's it's more the globalists, but They've always controlled the narrative. You know, Gus talks about that all the time, that it's like they are always on point. They are always good at spinning the narrative to their, to their way of thinking. And the fact that this went viral, the fact that, no, this didn't come from Donald Trump or anybody else. This didn't come from the Republican Party. It it just went viral. Um, I saw some posts of memes and stuff over on Frank at Quite Frankly Show where a number of towns across the United States or, or uh, counties that are called Brandon, people are attaching little signs on the top that say, let's go.
0: <laughs>
3: and I mean, that's, that's nationwide. Yeah. And that's, that's like some serious CIA psychological operation stuff, but it mm-hmm. happened organically. Correct. And I can tell you from living in that world, nothing scares the crap out of people that believe they're in control when some sort of viral concept gets out there, now I'm sure Peter Thiel is studying it thoroughly because he loves this shit, but I mean, <laughs> they've lost control of the narrative. And speaking of the narrative, uh, it was covered in the national media about two weeks ago. Uh, George Soros, which in actuality means Lord Malik Brown because George Soros is just a hood ornament, is setting up an organization to purchase local news organizations. Oh, now, that's so loving of him. It is. just he, he embraces the passion for his fellow human being. Um, Many of the aggregator websites out there, like Citizen Free Press and Rantingly and the others, they're all sourcing predominantly local news stories because of how useless the national media is. And I include Fox in that. You can tell the powers that be realized, especially during the coup. This was a bigger problem than they thought it was, because for the longest time, the national media just kept spouting what they were supposed to talk about. And when those aggregator sites, yes, it did start with Drudge. And of course, we know he's gone feral. but when Drudge was lost, and I brought this up on a show last fall, when we lost Drudge, within weeks, there were seven or eight major new aggregator websites out there. And in, and in the, Free Press, Revolver. Yes. And Revolver started doing what I was hoping for, which is Revolver and a couple of the others have started doing their own reporting. They've yeah. started doing their own investigations. So. This is why when you've got the amazing Polly or Ryan Dawson who do their deep dives, they often use original source material from the very agencies and bodies in question like the World Economic Forum. Because in the words of one of my professors many years ago, you can always trust a dictator because they will always tell you what they're going to do. You just have to listen. Um, But for the rest of us who, not to be indelicate, we need the USA Today uh, graphic and just some quick sound bites that's where these aggregator websites came in and we can get a quick article because somebody in the Nebraska Tribune did some investigating and found out something we didn't, we didn't know about. So Soros and others, they're now trying to buy up these media companies. They're trying to buy up local newspapers. So again, um, we have to continue to work towards finding uh, sources of information and yeah, it's going to mean that there's a lot of folks out there in the alternative community um, are going to have to, to make the investment that Polly does and Ryan Dawson does and others do. Um, what do you call it? To to do your own research. And as a former researcher, uh, yeah, I know how long that takes. I do. And you gotta re-edit it and you don't want it to sound like crap, but it's that's that's where we are. And as I've often said, this is not a sprint. I I wish we all could live in a universe where we get some candidate. Yeah. Be it Santos, be it anybody, and it's like, okay, cool. They've got the right people around them, and the intelligence community is now going to back down and go along with what they want, and the World Bank's going to get off their butt, and and there, it's unicorns and rainbows. No, this is a distance race. You know, I've used this other analogy before, and I know some folks probably feel it's a little little cheap on me, but if you own a house or you own a property with a lawn and flowers and stuff in the front yard. You don't just mow your grass on the first week of May and go, there, I'm done. And then comes October and it's like, God, I've got weeds everywhere and, and uh, my grass is so high and there's a Chevy in the front lawn. How did that happen? Yeah. Um, it's every week. You get, you got to go out and weed. You got to go out and mow your lawn. You got to go out and vacuum your carpets. You got to take care. Of, stuff has to be sustained. And it's the same thing here. The sources we use today may not be the sources we use tomorrow. Uh, it's It's a living process. And again, that's why here at Rogue, we're trying to help you with that. To make sure that you know where to look, what to use. So to that end and on victories and tools, because I didn't have this on the last show, um, just an awareness. um, There's a lot of folks on YouTube and BitChute who provide legal information. And again, I know a lot of you get a little little frustrated with me when I start talking about the lawyers again. Um, But it reminds me of like when I was working with with software deployments in, in programs I managed um, do I really want to go through the whole manual, or do I just want to go on YouTube and figure out how to fix the problem we're having with why why does an email not get sent to this person when we submit a ticket or whatever? So it's the same thing when it comes to uh, the law, uh, and that's where the gentleman I mentioned, Steve Lato, uh, L-E-H-T-O, uh, on YouTube. He does these quick little 10, 15-minute videos. Here's what the legal case was about. You know, The neighbor's dog bit whoever. Uh, here's what the law says. Here's where the case went. I think the judge is a moron because of this, but that's because it was a bad lawyer. And so if you find yourself in a situation, here's what you ought to do. There's a lot of folks out there that property rights, law enforcement seizing your things, property theft, uh, setting up a business, whatever it might be. They do really good work and they're worth checking out rather than, than you know necessarily having to hire a lawyer just to ask a, a simple question. At least you can get a baseline of what you need to know uh, before you talk to an attorney about whatever, uh, whatever it might be. Um, also, um, I, this, uh, on the second, uh, I posted a letter that was filed by 38 lawyers in the state of Ohio to the governor, the Lieutenant governor and the attorney general. I wouldn't use the word threatening, but they basically said, you have failed the citizens of the state Mm. and listed a number of areas and, you know. Uh, there was a a hefty conversation going on between me and a, a friend of ours out there on on Discord. To me, it wasn't like so much things are going to get fixed, but from the symbolism of the act, I found it interesting, and thought it was something that could be uh, could be used. Um, in the victories and tools uh, area, again, is on uh, the topic of medical information. Um, I posted again on the first of November, both on the Velus uh, and hashtag resources pages on Discord. There's a new site. For reporting as well as reviewing harm, people have reported from uh, the shots. Yeah. Uh, it's a very well-laid-out site. It's called C19 Vax Reactions. The link is on those two sections on those dates. C19 um, link, uh, C19 Vax Reactions? Dot com, yeah. Dot com. Um, uh, this is important because the VERS system, V-A-E-R-S, is it has existed for a number of years, the VERS system. It's maintained by the CDC, and traditionally it was used to report adverse reactions of various kinds of shots, be it tetanus or whatever. Uh, the problem is, is that that system is unbelievably backlogged right now, and sure. even the government will admit that because there's been so many submissions by doctors and patients and others into the VERS system. So... Verse is lacking in data. What I find interesting about the C-19 site is, is it does provide, yet again, another resource that if you need that kind of data or you need to research that kind of data or whatever, it's there. Um, business owners. Uh, and this isn't just about ranchers uh, finding a way to take matters into their own hands. For some of you who might be aware, there were a group of ranchers who got together and created their own li- limited liability corporation because they were their prices for their goods were getting undercut by major corporations. What are the odds? Um, in my neck of the woods, also there's several large grain elevator companies who've uh, where private equity has been trying to get their hands on those those grain elevators to force them to lower their prices. Uh, so again, uh, farmers created their own grain silo collectives. To, to reassert control over over their own goods. Um, the other thing too, in the business section that I found amusing is, as I posted an article on the 29th, that uh, there are a couple of companies out there that are toying with the following, which is they're making their employees volunteers and they're paying them out of uh, charitable trusts to get around the 100 or more employees thing having to be vaccinated. Mm. And This is yeah, also one it's, it's interesting. Now, will it work? I don't know. Is it effective? Nothing. I don't know. But I mean, you could also
0: can you, can you could uh, you could also make him a ten ninety nine contractor.
3: Yes, there there are things you can do um, in the public protest victories, uh, um, and there's been a lot of the following. It's not just the one I'm about to name. October twenty third through twenty fourth, uh, thirty thousand Swiss. Uh, I know. I told you all recently about about they they were blocking in the capital of Bern. They were blocking the train station over the inoculation policies of the government. On those dates, thirty thousand Swiss gathered in the capital um, about the shot, the lockdown, uh, not the train station, but just in the city streets, and. I kind of thought that was funny because, A, I mean, the Swiss, for them to get their blood pressure up is a pretty pretty heavy undertaking. Yeah. The second thing is, as I was sitting here thinking, I wonder what would happen if 30,000 people started blocking the streets in Washington, D.C. Uh, we'd have another January 7th uh, item. And uh, by the way, the last uh, victory item uh, is the topic of religion. And I have to say, I am literally laughing like Sideshow Bob from The Simpsons on this one. I saw this earlier this week. I looked into it and I thought, again, is it a a bit of a um, playing the system? Maybe. But Lord knows I've seen a number of activists over the years use a wide variety of techniques to achieve their ends. So Gerald Salente, a number of you know about Gerald. He's had a little Mm -hmm. newsletter out there for years. He's one of those folks that advise on on your personal finance, et cetera, et cetera. He's a big firebrand on a number of topics, and certainly his commentaries on YouTube and on his paid-for service, uh, he's been colorful. And I've had to turn down the volume a couple of times because the man is just so jacked up about the situation we we find ourselves in. So he's taken an action, and I'm dead serious about this. I am not kidding. He has actually done this. Uh, he and his allies have created a church. He has a incorporated legal entity now for his own religion called the Universal Church of Freedom, Peace, and Justice. They have mm-hmm. a tax ID and everything. And one of the many things you could do to support the church is if you make a, like I think it's $50 or something, if you make a uh, $50 donation, they will issue a religious exemption for the coup. Now, how <laughs> bi- how binding is that? Oh, who knows? But I thought it was hilarious. It's like, fine, I'm going to declare myself a religion.
0: <laughs> Why not?
3: I'm gonna take a tax I, I should
0: do that and declare my house as a place of worship. So that's why I don't have to pay property taxes.
3: Well, and you all of you in the audience, you may recall that here in the United States, there was a minister uh out west somewhere, maybe it was Colorado, but but um they told him he had to close his church uh, for services because of the COOF, but then they opened strip clubs. So he he declared his church a strip club.
0: There you go. <laughs> Brilliant
3: <laughs> <laughs> Uh, There's nothing like a good lawyer with plenty of time to think of a way to get around the system. So moving into the topic of the um, global warming and the green energy posture and everything else, because I got into this last week or two weeks ago where I was talking about that over the next, what is it, 10 or 20 years, we're going to have to spend $137 trillion to reach these various targets. And of course, there was the COP26 meeting in Scotland this week where they emitted more carbon dioxide than Scotland will do in a year. Um, But on the topic of global initiatives, um, where is that department exactly? I'm quite serious. The traditional news networks in the United States are are classic at this. They start conversations on TV by starting off by saying, you know, today world leaders met at XYZ conference in the continuing global effort to tackle whatever. And whenever I see that stuff, even going back to when I was in undergraduate school, my thought is who? (laughs) Who sets those agendas? There's an old joke out there from the 60s that says, What if we had a war and nobody showed up? Well, Mm. just because you have a worthy cause doesn't mean world leaders are going to do anything about it. And many folks in the alternative community have been pointing out also that we now seem to have a shift away from COOF, sort of, to the environmental topic. And that's interesting in and of itself. Because as a major, you know, I used to, well, and I still do, but when I was running really large programs, and a program is something where it, it just goes on and you have multiple projects underneath it. So, I mean, like you're managing a company essentially is what you're doing when you run a program. Um, as I've often advised many of my clients in both the government and commercial space, sometimes, especially depending on how mature your organization is, you need to start small. You need to get good at something and then replicate it and then you can grow it in size, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And so I was thinking, you know, maybe instead of the entire planet We start small. Um, Plus, especially when it comes to disease, you know, many countries do have their own policies. It's not like we had, and and a pandemic is simply what? By definition, it's a new disease that's widespread. It doesn't mean it's the Black Death. It just means it's like a new form of flu this year. So on this topic, my thought was, why don't we get some things in place first before we tackle the entire earth? Like maybe let's clean up Flint, Michigan's water. Let's start there. Or, uh, you know, and I've mentioned it on the show a number of times, let's stop child trafficking just in North America. Let's figure that out in North America, and then maybe we can broaden that out to the rest of the planet. Uh, and I know a lot of private people are trying to tackle the following item, but but world governments certainly didn't do anything about it. Let's clean up that trash pile out in the Pacific Ocean. Uh, and then one also near and dear to my heart, let's stop exploiting amphetamine-laden kids in the Congo to dig up minerals we need for cell phones and electronics. Uh, not to mention those same minerals are, are critical for what green energy, but of course it's about the agenda. It's not about the environment or anything else. There's, there's a meme on discord this week that I thought was just absolutely classic. And I'm pretty sure V and CJ sent it to you guys in an email, but it's where Greta Thornburg is talking about environmental commitments. And there's (laughs) a frame below with a little kid in the Congo who's like starving and is digging in the dirt. And his comment in the bottom frame is Greta, I'm digging as fast as I can. So, And if you really want to help the planet, and I know this is a touchy topic, lose weight. Yep. Uh, I don't mean you have to become a Kenyan runner distance kind of fit, but but lose unhealthy weight. Get off of soda, uh, more fruits and vegetables. I know we've been hearing this since we were kids, but now more than ever, anything processed you're putting into your body is going to be more and more of a problem because of the chemicals they use to sustain it. Um. You know, in the 80s and the 90s. I also recommend people eating less. Just Well, yeah. Well, and uh, thanks to the shortages that are forthcoming, right. uh, many of you will be. Everybody um, should be doing like some sort of intermittent fast. You know,
0: it's a great way to to lose weight get that autophagy going. You know, it's it's, it's great.
3: World, world governments have found religion because they want us all to go on a fast. Mm-hmm. Um, but on this topic of these initiatives, you know, in the 80s and the 90s, it was usually something started in the United Nations. And I, I did some work with the UN when I was in college, and that meant it went nowhere. Uh, or US or British think tanks and policy organizations, many of whose names we know. Uh, not much was achieved in those days. And then the Cold War ended in 91, and then we had the the first of the Gulf Wars in 91. The European Union went from being an organization focused on common economic challenges for European countries to now a single currency with single policies led by Brussels. And by the way, speaking of Brussels, there's an excellent documentary called The Brussels Business. Uh, You can find it, I think, on Netflix. I know you can find it on the service called Voodoo. Uh, The documentary came out in 2012. Uh, It's excellent about the corruption in Brussels. And one of the main takeaways from that documentary is there's over 15,000 registered lobbyists in Brussels. So between the European Union, the British Commonwealth countries, and the United States, we now have a united bloc pushing global initiatives, who, by the way, are no longer suggestions or recommendations. These are enforceable policies. Now, I'm aware in the alternative world like us, there's many of us factions out there. There are those who've said for decades that there's you know global conspiracies involving shadowy organizations, going back to the ancient Illuminati or the Golden Order, and now the modern equivalents like the Council on Foreign Relations the Bilderbergers, the Trilateral Commission, the Grove out in Northern California. Now, for more detail on those groups, I leave that to Matthew Arrett. I mean, I know a lot about them. I know a lot about their histories. But if you really need an understanding of those things, that's that's Matthew Arrett. But my intention is to convey kind of the following on this whole topic, which is eugenics or things like eugenics and global control like philosophies. We've had that since the Roman Empire. We've had that from the Catholic Church in the Middle Ages. We had that from many empires, whether Genghis Khan or Arab empires among them. The difference now is, is at least in the past 76 years, and I'm using that number because I'm using 1945 as my starting point. Um, global organizations who've been leveraged for other purposes and the big influencing factor technology Um that includes the media, where five major corporations control something like 95% of all, quote, unquote, accepted major news organizations in the world. And we have three major private equity firms controlling most of the market, including uh, BlackRock, Vanguard, and uh, among others. Um oh, shoot. Name escapes me at the moment. I, work, <laughs> I worked for them when I was working for a major defense contractor. Um, it's It's the technology and the different types of technology. That's what's changed this. People have attempted it before, but global global control and the dreams of it by powerful people are as old as time. Now, now it's the means, and it's funny because it's like the old uh, comment about what is the root of the word sabotage. It's a reference to the wooden shoes of the Dutch because they would throw them into the machines to cause them to break. You know, we've we've had resistance to change before that's global in scope. We've had resistance to a lot of change. Sometimes the resistance is unwarranted. Sometimes it is. But it's the age-old problem of when when you've got this kind of worldview and philosophy by these folks and this kind of pervasiveness of technology, again, we have to remain vigilant. Uh, like I said earlier, it's a distance race. It's not a sprint. There's no single piece of legislation No single politician, no local government victory, including what happened on the 2nd. And I I equally agree with with CJ on that. A lot of what we saw on the 2nd of November this week was a reaction to, not support of, a particular party. Especially when you look at the backgrounds of some of the people involved. And I welcome with open arms the new Lieutenant Governor of the State of Virginia and her AR-15. Because, boy, is she busting the narrative six ways from Sunday. So with that, uh, we've got time remaining. I'll open the floor to, to uh, V and CJ. Yeah, and we can get,
2: we, yeah, we can go a little bit longer. Um, I'm, I'm available. I'm not sure about V, but it, I think Harley's having some internet issues. So I, I think we're going to scratch
3: uh, his show today. Okay. So just to give you every, our listeners and everyone a heads up. Well, then let me go with my normal thing about um, we still have no answers on Nashville's thermobaric explosion from last December uh, or the French hosting provider OVH Cloud. And Julian Assange is still in prison um also by the way this week on uh V's show with John Singleton or sorry on the 28th of October with John Singleton uh about cell phone um V talked about a number of brands of phones that you can use without having the man spying on your every purchase brands that aren't part of the whole collective out there of Apple and and Android um that caught my attention because that's another area to do your own online research, folks. There are ways to kind of free yourself from the matrix. It kind of goes to you know watching uh, the attorney Leto and his program about about you know searching his programs and stuff for the kinds of legal information you need before you actually go talk to a lawyer. Um, but I mean, for the more adventuresome of you out there, you can buy a plain laptop with the hardware you need, or build a laptop, or build a desktop computer. You can run Unix or Linux systems on it. Now, I've had people I know that that they want to pursue that, but they've come to me and said, you know, I don't Velas, I don't have your knowledge on on how to do that. And I said, well, neither do I. I mean, I could build it, but but I need people smarter than me in this area to 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 uh, do it correctly. But you can go to to people that build this stuff for you. Um, and if you're using the Linux or Unix operating systems instead of Windows or Apple your Apple or Microsoft applications will will function. You just need to tell the person who's putting it together for you, yeah, I want it to look like a Microsoft system or I want it to look like an Apple system. But you can go online. There's people who will build these for you. There's computer stores in your, in your hometowns. Uh, the same thing with the cell phones. There are steps you can take. In fact, uh, just this week uh, from a company called, um, oh, hang on, Mission Darkness, uh, I bought a Faraday bag for my cell phone. Um, Yeah, I'll go there. I was using foil periodically uh, wrapped three times around my cell phone uh, if I was concerned about reasons why I needed to make sure the phone wasn't transmitting. Um, And I'm like, what the hell am I doing? I just need to go get a Faraday bag. Um, You can buy them on Amazon. Uh, I, I knew some folks who asked me recently, like, well, should I get a Faraday bag for my computer or whatever? And I said, I wouldn't worry about your laptop. I'd worry a whole heck of a lot about your cell phone. I mean, even when you turn it off, the thing is still working. I'm not saying that any of you should be getting involved in criminal activity. I'm just saying, um, if you have a reason to, um, you know, outside of somebody who once asked me, "Well, if we knew an EMP pulse is coming, what should I do?" And I said, "Well, the simplest thing you can do is put your your uh, cell phones and your your laptops in your microwave because it's a Faraday cage." Um, but uh, and yes, to Crypto Cowboy. Uh, a number of the ones that are on there, be sure to, uh, thank you, Crypto, you made a good point. Uh, you need to look at what tests they performed and how they perform them to make sure that, that the bag is a good one. Um, but you know and the other thing too is, is like I, Faraday bags, I first came across those when I was working with, with federal contractors, because sometimes moving hard drives and things, uh, or for that matter, federal evidence, uh, that's on USBs or whatever. They don't want to run the risk, any of that's getting damaged. So they put it inside a Faraday bag and take it into court or take it to uh, a forensics building where, where they'll uh, study it. So anywho, it's uh, it's a nice thing to have. You never know when you might need it, uh, but there's there's that as well. Yeah, I, I agree.
2: I mean, I it, it's crazy. I've had like on three occurrences now of discussions. One was at a Fire pit one was or two other ones were over at my uh, my brother and sister-in-laws where discussions about about certain things and not even not even searching at all. My phone, my phone was just close by and um, I had two ads hit my um, my uh, computer for items in our discussion. And then one hit on a, an, one had hit on social media. And I and these were things that I would not even remotely uh, one was for for um, uh, cat litter uh, because I was helping her unload from the car. She had bought a bunch of it for whatever reason, and I said I could help her. And we were talking about it, and and then I was at the fire pit one night, and we were talking about loud music and everything. And my buddy said, "Yeah, I remember in college one time I had this these big massive subwoofers, and I I blew out the subwoofer." And you know, we had this discussion the next very next day. An ad for subwoofer hit hit my uh, my computer. So yeah, so it's uh, I'm not sure. I can't remember which uh, uh, form or I didn't read or properly to sign off on them listening to all of our conversation, but it's, it's definitely real, definitely real.
3: It is. And there's, I mean, it's funny. Um, it, it goes to that, that episode of the Simpsons where Marge looks out the window and says, uh, cause they're being monitored by the FBI. And she goes, Homer, that van's been sitting outside our house for a long time and it it switches to the two agents sitting on inside the van going we've been made and the van drives off and a few minutes later another van shows up and it says flowers by irene fbi on the side of the van and that's what it feels like cuz i've i've heard so many people talk about this that they were with a friend and Ads showed up on their phone from what they were talking about with their friend but they didn't have their phone with them at the time I mean it's like God how uh, how much are they trying to market products to us right right all right
0: so real quick guys I'm gonna I'm gonna do this quick and dirty because I get I get a lot of people asking me all the time about tech and, and privacy and whatnot I'll tell you how this thing breaks down you have to understand there's two major operating systems in the, in the world you have iOS, you know, and this is for cell phones and mobile devices. You have iOS, which is Apple. The walled garden, who pretends to be privacy centric, and this, that, and the other, um, it's not okay. And there's not much you can do to your iPhone. Uh, you can do there's some things you can do to your iPhone to mitigate uh, your data leak. And in fact, if you go uh, there, there's you know YouTube tutorials and things of that sort. But it's not going to be as effective as an Android device. The reason being, for people don't realize, people are like, hey, uh, Android belongs to Google. No, it doesn't. Google is like a skin. It's basically... Um, Android is is basically the mobile version of Linux. It's built off of Linux. And what Android is, is part. you know, it, it, there's a thing called the uh, AOSP, the Android Open Source Project. Now, the Android Open Source Project was a project that was started with Google, with, you know... Um, Samsung and all the you know hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of tech companies and developers, uh, private uh, uh, you know venture guys, they all started this project. It's an open source project, so the Android's code is open source. Now, what makes Android Android for most Americans is Google Mobile Services, also known as GMS. Google Mobile Services is your Gmail, your Google Maps, your Google Chrome browser. Your Google Android messaging uh, services, this, that, and the other. So it's a layer, a skin that they put on top of it, and of course the Google Play Store, which gives you access to everything. Now there are alternatives to this. Now there's a uh, there's number one. There's one way of of going in there, downloading third party apps that cut down and eliminate ninety nine some odd percent or a great majority of the data leak that occurs. In fact, if you go into the uh, I don't I don't remember how to do this off the bat because there's so many versions, but if you go into your into your settings in your Android phone, you could actually look up exactly how much data you're leaking. Uh, you might be shocked while you're sleeping. And I had a cousin of mine who did this while he's sleeping, while he was sleeping at night. Uh, he he logged, and you know, the next day he logged and wanted to see exactly how much data was being leaked by his phone. And it is incredible to see the amount of data that is just leaking out onto your phone. It's listening to you. It's listening to keywords. It's it it knows your locations. It's, it's key logging you. It's doing everything. It is the best digital dons you can keep on yourself. Now, there are some privacy-centric people that are like, they're like you know what? I'm sick of it, right? Now, what kind of phone does you get? Well, there's a couple things you do, okay? Um, you can get an Android phone, and then you can lock it down. I like Huawei phones. Xiaomi phones are phenomenal. Uh, you can lock those down really well, especially the Huawei devices. That's why they're banned here in the United States, Okay. Uh, but if you can't get those, I'd recommend getting a, a, a Google Pixel, okay? Like a Pixel 4, a Pixel 5. Uh, these have unlockable bootloaders and then there's online tutorial videos you can watch on YouTube on how to unlock the bootloader on your phone. Now, once you unlock it, what kind of flavor operating system can you run on this? Well, let me show you, All right? Google Calyx OS. It's an easy, easy service. I mean, sorry, easy uh, ROM, okay? It's, a, it's an OS you could just completely wipe out the Google GMS services. You download Kalix. And Kalix is a complete Android operating system. Now, you'll say to yourself, I mean, it's slick, man. I mean, you have the Tor browser. You could have DuckDuckGo. You could have whatever. Uh, in terms of uh, app stores, there's FDroid, right? This is FDroid. It's an open source, right? So you'll find a lot of the open source alternatives uh, for your typical apps that you utilize. And you'll be like, yeah, but V, I still like, you know, my my my, uh, my social media apps. I still like, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, Signal. I still utilize Google Maps. Is there a way for me to download Google Maps without using a Google, um, uh, you know, like a Gmail account? Because Google always ha- makes you have a Gmail account in order for you to create an online, in order for you to have your phone and download all these apps. Is there a way around it? Yeah, there is. And it's called Aurora, okay? Aurora is another app store, and you can download the the APK. And what Aurora does, it creates a a ghost Gmail account through the Aurora app store, okay? This is an alternative app store that once you have downloaded uh, um, Calyx, okay, you could then download between FDroid as a massive app where there, there's, there's hundreds, okay, hundreds of apps here on F, thousands actually, you know, uh, of apps that are on FDroid. I mean, these are all open source apps that are all privacy centric, everything from navigation to photo editing, to VPNs, to finance, multimedia apps. There's a uh, an app uh, that they, they have both on... Um, on F as well as on Aurora, I think it's called uh, um, uh, uh, MeTube or something like that. It's basically you're able to have that ghost account with YouTube and then be able to access YouTube like on mobile, right? Without you know, signing up to YouTube. So now you're watching YouTube videos, uh, privately, so to speak. Here's your navigation stuff that you have, alternatives we'll to, to Google Maps. But if, you, if you're if you like me, you're like, you know what, uh, I I like to polish. Of, uh, of, uh, of Google Maps and this, that, and the other, but I don't want them tracking me. Well, in that case, you know, once you have your new uh, de-Googled phone, you download alongside with F-Droid is the Aurora App Store. Once you get on the Aurora App Store, and I'll show you, okay, right there, you just type in Aurora App Store, and there it is. Okay, here it is. This is a it. Boom. And they'll show you it's designed for privacy, okay? And once you're on and it's open source, and once you're on the Aurora App Store, and you could also sideload that, okay? Boom. It, 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 you'll see right here, you could sideload it. And once you sideload it, it actually looks and feels like the Google Play Store. So it, it's pretty awesome in that regard, right? Uh, you can see it here in Spanish. I mean, every single one of your apps that you usually use, your WhatsApps, this, that, and the other, your multimedia apps, now you could download it using a dummy virtual account Aurora emulates it for you right through your phone, and now you're good to go. You know, those are just some of the things you guys could utilize, you know, if you really want to go this whole D Google route. You can you can enjoy and you don't have to have second rate uh,
2: experience while doing so, you know. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, and I want to um real quickly circle back to uh what Vela stated in regards to you know, the, the focus and as we navigate through this and and I know that I've been very critical on a lot of the uh, podcasts in regards to to Trump. And, you know, I think that, I think our listeners are smart enough to understand this. But as we as we navigate and we we head into the next election cycle, the the mainstream media, uh, the Republican Party, they fully understand how much mo- more money they can make with having a Trump versus Biden and, and, and they know this, that's what they're working. Like the first email I got, I was kind of excited to find out and learn about, you know, what this new media platform is, is, is going to be. And so I get an email, you know, from them in regards to what's happening and and what is it? It's, 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 it's an advertisement for, for contributions, for dollars to, to raise. So, so they're going to, and my point is this, they're going to ram it down our throats. They're going to ram Trump down our throats because they understand they can raise a lot more money than GOP can, the the media can make a lot more money with with the Trump versus Biden heading in. So I just I just want to add that, too. And and I know a lot of people are like, well, DeSantis needs to run everything. No, 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 no. He doesn't. He, he needs to stay put. The focus right now, uh, again, getting back to what Vela stated is, is is small picture. Focus on your your local municipalities, your states. Yesterday, DeSantis came out and did announce the 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 lawsuit. I'm sure everyone uh, did hear that the OSHA finally put out the final rules in regards to the the mandates. Yes. So I think, I think a, a must do uh, like even, even literally like once this podcast is done is over is to contact your state AG's office and ask them if they're signing up or if they plan on filing a federal lawsuit against this mandate. And if they don't have an answer, then I would call five more friends and say, Hey, call the state AG's office and asking if they plan and then, and then kind of duplicate that process and get your state attorney generals. You know, there's going to be a lot of, of organizations are going to come forth and say, Hey, we're raising money to fight these mandates. And, you know, there's always going to be profiteers through, through all of this. And, and so just, just be mindful of that, but, but work through your state AG's, you know, convince your governors. I know my governor here in Indiana is going to be, you know, probably not going to be want to get on board. He's going to be hesitant because he's, he's, he's very middle of the road. Doesn't really truly understand the ideas of liberty and freedom. So I think that's a simple thing that you can do is start, you know, putting public pressure on your state attorney generals as to getting on board with the Florida plan to to file lawsuits against the federal government regarding these these illegal mandates. And DeSantis nailed it. Um, you know, I listened to his press press conference and he's like, well, if it's such an urgency, right, like if these mandates are such a, an urgency to get these things done, then why did you wait 60 days to even get the rules Written at, at OSHA. And and by the way, if it's such an urgency, these these mandates and everything, then why are you waiting till after till January one? Just so it, it doesn't cause chaos within the holiday season. So so there's really no truly urgency. And plus, they understand, which he's absolutely right. They understand that this is nothing that they get it, uh, even accomplished through the legislation. There's no way because it's unconstitutional. You know, Congress and Senate wouldn't even touch the ideas of a mandate. That's why he's trying to do it via via OSHA. So it's just absolute bullshit. Um, so just just be mindful of that. That's
3: really my only contribution for this discussion, guys. Yeah, I thought uh, DeSantis's um, and normally I don't I don't watch you know those press briefings and stuff, but um, or I catch the soundbite. Uh, I actually listened to all of DeSantis's uh, comment yesterday, and it was excellent. It was very lucid, uh, very to the point, kept the emotion to a minimum, uh, articulated specifically the areas of the law that he felt were being violated. Um, and that's why I continue to say I, I want an army of the undead protecting that guy at all times.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
3: 100%, man. You know, I think I
0: think, uh, I think a, a loose confederation of, of, of like-minded states, uh, yeah, I think a loose confederation of like-minded states is is the way forward. We, we don't need this whole stupid concept of one guy winning a popularity contest, as Joe Rogan would say, <laughs> making decisions for everybody else, you know?
3: I think that does it for this week, folks.
0: I think so. Also, people were asking about the phone thing again. Uh, one last time, folks. Again, uh, go to Kalix OS. And um, let me share my screen again. I'll do, one more. I'll do one last time. All right, cool. Bring it up, Sage. Yeah, Here it is. Calix OS. That's one way of doing it. And, uh, and and folks are like, well, is Android more secure? Every single cybersecurity expert will tell you Android is way more secure than iOS. There's no competition. Why is it more secure? Because it's open source. Now I can't help you if you go to you Google or you go to some Play Store, you download a malicious app, that's your problem. The operating system on its own is is incredibly rock solid. There's always more security threats on iPhones. You know, as a joke, guys, you know what I used to do? Every so, you know, every so often, there would be like uh, um, um, text messages that would leak online. It's like a you know. It, it's it's a te- if you send a text message with a certain array of symbols, and you send it to your friends with iPhones, and they get that text message, and they open up that text, it will wipe out, erase, and reset their phones. I used to do pranks. I did a prank one time. I had like relatives get mad at me because I would send mass text to all oh, my iPhone having relatives, and their phones all reset. (laughs) So in terms of uh, security, yeah, Android's way more secure, especially anything open source is going to be way more secure. That's number one, okay? Um, The vulnerabilities in Android were from apps from the Google Play Store, which they've cleaned that up a considerable amount, but we're not talking about Google Play Store here. We're talking about a secure open source operating system with secure open source apps. Zero viruses, folks. Zero security threats. That's all I got to say. Anyway.
3: Have a great weekend, everybody.
0: Enjoy your weekend, folks. And we'll be back Monday, rocking and rolling. CJ,
3: take it away.